Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League show. It's a show that is eating up every last morsel of United fans thinking Hoyland is the real deal because delusion always leads to disappointment. On today's part we're offering up some very rare sympathy for Premier League managers who endure unimaginable stresses and strains. We'll also be going around the grounds as always attempting to highlight the highlights before they happen. And to do all this, I'm delighted to be joined today by two outstanding gentlemen who also happen to be proper birds. It's Ben and Joe. Hi, Ben. You there? Yes, Steve. I'm, uh, I'm here. How are you doing? I'm good, sir, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. As we were just, just talking about, I had uh, a whistle-stop tour of uh, of Copenhagen early in the week, which was mm. enjoyable. And, uh, you know, got the got the performance that we all wanted. So, uh, so yes, I'm just, just about coming back to... Reality, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely, and uh, yeah, normal hours sleep and stuff like that. But no, it was a good trip. Yeah, because you, you were saying when you it's basically up at four, back at back at four. That's uh, a long haul. That is, but what a country to visit. Was it? Was it football aside? Was it beautiful? The actual place? Yeah, it was. It was really nice. So we did um, like the club official trip, which was, I must say, if anyone's interested, it was like immaculately organised. You. Were, ferried from place to place no drama or anything um, right. so they dropped us off in Copenhagen for I think about six or seven hours so we essentially had that amount of time to sort of tour around so we uh we took some took some photos just to prove that we were there and then it sounds <laughs> it sounds like a, a joke this and anyone who was out there will know this but there was literally uh, where I guess the sort of city fans congregation was there was um there was three pubs it sounds like a joke but there's uh there was the Irish pub the English pub and the Scottish pub <laughs> Uh, and they were they were literally called that. Um, so yeah, so we we did go a bit of bit of a uh, bit of drinking as well. But um, but yeah, had some had some scenic photos to prove that it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just a cliche trip. Yeah, which pub did you go with? So I went. Uh, <laughs> most of the time was spent. Well, I did all three. To be right. Obvious, <laughs> um, but but yeah, most of the time was spent in the English pub, and then the Irish pub was uh, was a little bit. I don't know, a little bit rougher, I guess. Yeah. So the group, the group that I was in, was sort of like, "Oh, we're not, we're not going in there." And I popped in, uh, I popped in to meet uh, Lloyd for a pint in there. Oh, Lloyd was um, in there, right? right. He like, was, yeah, yeah. Larry, then Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be, to be fair, it was three in the afternoon or something. It wasn't that, but it looked. It was one of those bars that quite easily. I mean, it's very dark, and quite easily by five or six o'clock, it turns into like a full-on nightclub. If you know, yeah, what yeah, mean. yeah. Sticky floors and all that sort of stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, good fun. Um, Joe, you there? You well? I am. I am. Sounds like you had a, a cracking time. Fair play to you, Ben. Yes. I did. Um, it wasn't an official club one, but for Istanbul, we did a uh, me and my friend a whistle top, a whistle stop, even tour in and out, and uh, that's put me into retirement for a few months because they're, they're <laughs> hard graft, aren't they? They write you off. <laughs> but yeah, I'm good, Steve. Thank you, Joe. I'm good, Tommy. Um, I know that you're a, you're a fan of a kind of a weekend away, um, and I know particularly in Germany. But where's the best kind of city for you like to visit? Um, for football on, on the bay, you mean? Uh, for, uh, for either, or for both, I guess. Oh, oh. Uh, so I would say my favourite city for quite a chilled vibe in Germany would be Cologne. Uh, it's yeah, really, I'd love really to go good. to Cologne. Yeah. The people there are lovely as well. 
Um, if you're a, a chocolate enthusiast, they have a, a lint chocolate museum as well <laughs> uh, on the River Rhine, which is fantastic. Um, not to be boring, but my favourite city I've been to, um, quote unquote, on the piss uh, with City was actually Dusseldorf when we played Mönchengladbach in 2016. Right. Because uh, Mönchengladbach is just on the other side of the Rhine, and obviously Dusseldorf is where one of the major German airports is. So yeah. everyone just kind of met in Dusseldorf and in the old town and it was just brilliant nice. brilliant no, I've never, never been to Germany I was meant to go to Germany but never been and um, oh, let's do it Steve let's go yeah yeah like the best mate he, he just loves European visits you know what I mean he does it all the time in Berlin for him he's obsessed with Berlin he says it's absolutely gorgeous that's oh, fantastic so yeah gotta go um before we get into the games uh, that lying ahead of us this weekend, uh, a quick word on Roy Hodgson and um, the illness that became him yesterday. Um, he is reportedly stable in hospital. Um, but a question for each of you, but I'll come to you first, Ben. Obviously, the Premier League can't put a, a, an age cap on a manager. You know, it's it face accusations of ageism and, and it's just not right, frankly, because each individual is different, of course. It's... It, it, did feel wrong when Hodgson came back to Palace at the age of 75 at the time. Now he's 76. For me, a 76-year-old shouldn't be in a Premier League dugout. Um, would you go along with that? It just seems, given the stresses and strains that they're under, it it, it just seems wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think um, I, I think when when they brought him back, it was a, it was a bit of a shock. And then, of course, he did he did pretty well early doors, didn't he? And yeah, I think. You sort of thought, oh, you know, maybe he'll he'll tide them over for for a few months. But I think for probably for Palace to think, you know, it was going to work in the medium, even the medium term, to be honest, was you know was was a bit short sighted, really. And I think I, I noticed when 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 City played Palace, you know, he, he pretty much didn't didn't leave his seat. You know, obviously yeah. you normally see them on the edge of his dugout barking orders, and, and that's just you know, I suppose that's just the physical thing of you know someone, you know, as you say, sort of late 70s, having to, to stand up and bark orders at people for, for the best part of two hours. So I think the, the, there's obviously, so that's all the physical side. I think the the, the mental side, which of course is is, is draining as well, is it just must be an absolutely exhausting job. I mean, I saw um, I, at one of the supporters branch meetings that I was at, um, they had Ian Brightwell did like a bit of a talk not so long mm. ago. And he was he he I don't know if you knew this, but he he basically went and was a coach at uh, I think it was Macclesfield Town, and then he he sort of flirted with management. I think it was sort of you know the sort of thing where the manager got the sack and he was a caretaker for a few weeks, and he essentially said he just couldn't do it just because you've got to be you know if I want a bit of a better word you've just got to be a bit of a bastard and you've got to be confrontational mm. with absolutely everybody you know whether it's you know the players that you're not picking the referees the opposition you know the board members above you. He said he was just exhausting and, you know, you've got to be at it. It's almost like as soon as you let your guard down, you know, something goes wrong or there's there's too much give. So I just can't imagine how exhausting that must be for him. Um, and, you know, it's, obviously it's really unfortunate that, that he's, he's ill and everything. But I think it's probably going to get Palace out of a bit of a sticky situation, really, is because, as I say, it was I think it was short-sighted them to, to hire him on a long-term appointment. But... It's going to mean re- really. I think they're all. You know, it's it's probably going to be having to finish at Palace regardless. Um, and you know, their bad form at the moment would have been leading that way anyway. But I guess 
in a way, Palace come out of this a little bit better than uh, you know than, than sacking an old man, I guess. Yeah, because it was imminent, wasn't it? They have got their, a replacement lined up already. The former coach of uh, Eintracht Frankfurt um, it just doesn't sit right with me. I mean, it didn't sit right when he when he came back initially. I have to say, and um, Joe, are we too blasé at times about the intense stresses that? Top flight managers are under. I remember years ago, Neil Warnock and Allardyce and one other did a, like a stress test. You know, but they, they were basically all wired up during the course of a, mm. of a game. And I can't remember the, the stats, of course, but they were absolutely shocked by what they discovered. You know, it was like that's just over the course of 90 minutes, never mind Monday to Friday. Um, we knocked him and knocked him and criticised him and Klopp and the rest, but the, it, it's not a job you'd want, is it? No, I think it takes a special <clears throat> type of human to do it uh, yeah. consistently year round, because uh, you've got obviously as Ben's just um, touched on all the variant various uh, elements and aspects of it that on a day to day basis you've got to manage and you've got to have the right temperament and you've got to be cognizant of the fact you can upset people and lose dressing rooms or you've got to keep staff on side. But in terms of of um, <clears throat> the ageism, if you will, question. I think it comes down to a case by case basis because yeah, yeah, you know, in some instances you look at like for example a Jupp Heynckes when he won the treble at Bas at Bayern Munich. I think he was approaching his seventies. Ferguson at the end at United, who were clearly still in very good nick. But I think you can say the opposite applied for Hodgson in that he's looked quite frail. Would be a word uh, and a bit. I don't know if passive is the right word to use, but like it almost as, as though he, he wasn't the Roy Hodgson we all know, which is natural with age, but it's not what you want to see in the dugout. And I think yeah. it's a bit of... Um, I think Steve Parrish has to take some of the hit on this because <clears throat> whilst I can understand the logic in that Roy Hodgson is almost like a, an SOS safety blanket for him whenever they, they flirt with relegation, he seems to, to bring him in. It... It was quite clear, even last year when he initially did well, that he wasn't, I would say, 100% fit. I know it's easy to say after the fact and with what's happened, but I thought that was quite obvious looking at him even last year. Yeah. So, Which is yeah, understandable. I, I mean, one of you made... 75, you know, any 75-year-old, doesn't matter if he's been in the world of sport his whole life <clears> or not, you know, a 75-year-old is a, you know, it's a much more frailer individual than 65, stands to reason. Yeah, and I mean, even though they're not on, on the, the coaching um, pitch as much these days and they have the staff do that for him, he's still got to get up every morning and go into training and oh, yeah. and do all the tactical side. So, yeah, it's, it's left a bit of a sour taste and especially given that, I don't know if it's, I'm hoping it's just coincidence that when it's become apparent he was going to be sacked, that he's ended up, you know, going into hospital, whether that's given him added stress and I think, Ben, you pointed out, it, it it's almost like... Let Parish off the hook in that he can just you know say oh for health reasons or whatever we're appointing this chap from Frankfurt, but at the end of the day, that axe has been hang, hanging over him, hasn't it, for the, at least oh, a yeah. month or so, and that yeah. can't have helped. So yeah, it's just not been a very nice, pleasant uh, thing to watch from the outside. And there's so many positions in football now, senior positions, you know, technical directors, sporting directors, which Hodgson would have been you know perfectly kind of capable at. Um, where it just would have been more in the background and more, you know, out of the spotlight, as it were. Um, maybe that would have been the better way to go. But 
But again, we can't. We have to do it on a case by case basis because <clears throat> look at Pellegrini at City. I, I was always worried about Pellegrini at City, and he was about sixty <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but he, he looked eighty then. He looked eighty then, exactly. Um, okay, let's Can change. I just make one more point course, before we move course, on? Um, I do think, like, not not to sit on my high chair, but I think there has to be a sense of real, realism as well amongst fan bases. I don't think Palace. So maybe maybe I'm being um, naive. I don't think Palace are ever going to go down this season. With Hodgson there, and I think like it was always clear to me from the outside that Hodgson was just going to get him over the line this season, and then they would go again in the summer with a new manager and a new look. Mm. And I feel like the that the fans with the banners and and just the, the vitriol, we have to have a sense of realism. I know they're a very passionate uh, fan base, but it we're in this age of, of FFP for example where we're seeing clubs which we're going to touch on later losing key members of staff because they clearly hit a glass ceiling because of the rules as they stand currently um, and you know like for, for a Palace like maybe you want to see a better brand of football maybe you want to be in the top half but what what more can you realistically yeah, yeah. expect do you know what I mean and then, and then you're pulling out all these these banners and flags and I don't think that will have helped the situation but Maybe I'll get some stick. Not that I'd expect a, lot, a great deal of the Palace fan base to be listening to this, but if they do, I just, I, I don't know. I just think it's been a bit of a sorry episode. I think that's fair because I was a bit surprised by the, well, the strength of their feeling. Because um, I always found Palace to be quite a pragmatic fan base as well as a passionate one. So uh, I think it's fair to say that, to be honest, mate. Um, let's change tack and look at still kind of staying with management or at least kind of behind the scenes as it were um, Dan Ashworth's imminent move to Old Trafford from Newcastle as sporting director if you factor in now this is one of those things where you know I could be I could be met with kind of uh, hay bales just going across the plane here or people could really connect to this because I don't know how others feel this is entirely on me I have to say but when you look at Jim Ratcliffe's 25% stake at United and how that's been reported on. Omar Barada, I kind of get that because it was, you know, United getting a, a, a guy from City. So, of course, that made the news. But now you've got Ashworth and the celebratory fashion in which these are all being reported on in the media. Almost like the transfer coups. Like, you know, like these are key players being bought for like £80 million. Pounds. Um, and it's all taking the tone of United to get their act together, United to get back. For me... It's just yet more proof that the media are desperate for United to get back challenging at the top. Um, ben, am I being just paranoid or is there something in that? Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.